From deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the best of the outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas outdoor nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Vaughn Warnke, back with another show. So excited because today I am at my gym. I am here with Gabe Azua. Eric, what's your last name? Mayfield. Mayfield. Eric Mayfield. Uh, we're talking about hunting and fitness today because I thought this would be an awesome show to do at the gym. You can hear weights getting racked in the background. You can hear all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And it's really, it's all good. Uh, it's, it's really cool to kind of get that ambiance in the background. Uh, and, and the basic reason why I brought this up this time is to bring together the fact that hunting and fitness can coexist and should coexist. They should. And uh, tell me just a little bit about you, Eric, first. So, uh, okay, so I'm a late hunter in life. So I I'm was too. Very late. So I fished my whole life. I always fished, but didn't hunt until I was in my mid-20s. I'm 44 right now. So caught the bug real quick. Uh, realized very fast that as a poor hunter, I had to hump it all over the place. Mm. So uh, being in shape has really helped me out a lot. So... Didn't have, you know, Polaris, couldn't drag critters out. I had to sling them over the shoulder and walk them out. So you learn real quick how good a shape you're in when, <laughs> thank so God, true. thank God South Texas deers don't weigh much. So <laughs> uh, bringing them out was pretty pretty hard anyway. Sure. Um, hogs were a little, little, little more work, so you pull out a 250-pound hog, sling it over your shoulder and walk it out about a mile and a half. That's work. That's hustling, dude. <laughs> That's hustling, right? And there. like we talked about before this started, down in Mexico, quail hunting, nothing but walking all day. Yep. All day walking. So the fitness part of it is really, really important. The, the hunts have been fantastic because I could get out to the spots other guys couldn't. Right. No, that's good. That's solid. And that, that really makes sense because, I mean, I, I brought up the case before we started recording about me going hog hunting with my son, hog dog hunting. And I didn't talk, I talked about this once on an earlier podcast when we did it, but basically when we went through and did the actual, um, podcast uh on that i didn't talk about running through the woods and being so connected to nature by you know getting slapped by tree branches and running <laughs> through the woods and everything like that but but also i kept up with my kid with my now 10 year old son and basically hustled through there and and made it you know and uh basically you know i i just i felt so much better because i was more in shape than, right. than where i was a year a year ago back then so there you go. Gabe Azua. What's up? What's up? Talk to me. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You are the owner here at Hero Way Strength I, and Conditioning. I'm one of the owners. You're one of the owners, okay. At Hero Way, and uh, my wife's the actual owner. Um, as far as hunting, I haven't been hunting since I went to Iraq. So right. I can tell you some stories there. Yeah, you're an Iraqi veteran, though. That's awesome. You're a um, um, you know, combat veteran. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's special. I mean, we honor our veterans on this podcast big time. Um, tell us a little bit. You do, you, you deal some in firearms still, right? Some. We do do tactical firearm training here at the gym. Yes. We just started up. Uh, we have several ex, well, veterans, ex special forces trainers that are on staff. Yeah. That are you know here to help and advance people's shooting life. Right. And uh, that's about as good as it gets. I think. No, it's cool. That's cool. And Eric, you're the Krav Maga? I'm a Krav Maga instructor. So you're going to find that I am your traditional, unmedicated ADD kid. So okay. if you ask me a question, I'm going to go all over the place. So when you tell me a little bit about yourself, like, oh, it's a lot. Everywhere. Yes, I am a Krav Maga instructor. So awesome. I have been teaching Krav Maga for 12, 13 years. So and that's Israeli 
it's self-defense. It's Israeli self-defense. Um, it's been very watered down in the States. Uh, it's sure, mixed martial arts with guns, knives, and sticks. Okay. That's really all it is. Okay. That's cool. That's really cool. And then today I've got a sponsor of this podcast, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Turnbull Restoration. I've got an on-air read today, gentlemen, so if you'll pardon me while I do this. Um, the thought of restoring old guns to original condition was once considered unacceptable, but the times and thoughts have changed. For over 30 years, Turnbull Restoration has helped owners of classic firearms realize the true value of preserving the history embedded in their wood and steel. When done correctly, gun, re gun restoration can provide a look into the past, preserve an important piece of history, and just as importantly, cherish memories. Our friends at Turnbull Restoration would like to share more about classic firearm restoration with our listeners, why they do it, and the process and the results. Head on over to TurnbullRestoration.com, that's TurnbullRestoration.com, to learn more about this company's gun restoration services and see if restoration is the right thing for your classic in your collection or your classics in your collection. While you're there, check out Turnbull's own Model 1886. These are customized factory new reproductions of the iconic Winchester Model 1886 lever action rifle. These big bore lever actions feature the same touches and finishes that go into Turnbull's museum grade restoration products. For a limited time, Turnbull Restoration is offering free shipping for on ready to ship made to or made to order Turnbull model 1886s. Just mention, just mention Texas Fishing Games Best of the Outdoors podcast to get your free shipping. That's uh, TurnbullRestoration.com, TurnbullRestoration.com. Thank you guys for letting me do that. Yeah. Uh, I you. love old guns. And one of the things that I, I've done over the years is kind of my own restoration projects, projects and that kind of stuff. I have an old 22 that is like, like like a garden stick and I'm, I'm so looking forward to diving in that but these guys at this company do really good jobs of um of restoring professionally restoring guns from that look awful to, to just masterpieces well i just popped on the website this is they're gorgeous they're beautiful yeah, yeah that's right i'm glad you have your laptop open eric <laughs> that's good so yeah they have just really beautiful and stuff and you you're our first listener to, to just dial it into the to the laptop so that's good <laughs> But, um, you know, really cool stuff. And, I mean, I just think, uh, you know, no matter where you are in firearms and owning that kind of stuff, um, it's just restoration and those kind of things are just beautiful pieces of art, you know, if you look at them, you know, the right way. Functional so, art. Functional art, too. That's right. Yeah. Defensive art. Yeah, right. You know, um, hunting art, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's really, really high-quality stuff. So, um, all right. So, gentlemen, hunting with fitness is becoming more of a popular thing and something that I wanted to talk to you guys about is that movement in hunting and why hunting and fitness should, should belong together but also why that means something to you guys as far as self-defense goes, as far as tactical goes, both of you, you know, tactical background uh, experience, um, as far as, you know, just the general overall feeling of well-being goes when you, when you combine fitness with the other passions in your life. Definitely. I mean, uh, from that's nice. I know, right? Distracted. Ron, Sorry. Distracted. Distracted. Sorry. Distracted. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but like, uh, from what we're doing now, just recently, you know, doing the seventy-five hard challenge. Yes, I was going to ask you about and that. And feeling just the difference in seven days, down seven pounds myself. Right. And eating a lot better without the processed foods for the diet that I chose. Paleo. I mean, I'm. Yeah. Right. Paleo diet. It's more an advanced paleo. Advanced paleo diet. Okay, but cool. um. 
you start to feel back like I'm starting to feel and think like I did when I was in the military. You know, sure. you're just you're dialed in. You think a lot faster. You wake up energized, ready energized to roll, and ready yeah. to go. So it's a it's a pretty good thing to do. Um, I know from my experience in the military and being deployed, when the stress levels hit, the better shape you're in, the better it is. The easier it's to you know to maintain your calm. Sure. You know, keep your bearing and. And react, you know. Well, the one thing I want to talk about on this show, too, is, is the mental toughness as well. Because that's one thing. The 75 Hard Challenge is challenge, right? Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. The 75 Hard Challenge is Andy Priscilla's program. It was on one of Andy Priscilla's podcasts. That's basically about, about the grind and the hustle of getting yourself in shape. And it's two 45-minute workouts a day in the Texas heat, one of them. But yep. one of them outside. But, I mean, we do them at night sometimes here for yeah. that. But... Uh, eating a, a diet of your choice. That's correct. Uh, drinking a gallon of water a day. Yep. And um, what am I missing? Reading ten pages of a educational or self improvement book every day. Like a personal development style yeah. book, ten pages a day. Yeah. Actually reading, not he says. Audio. Not listening. Yeah. Can't listen. You got to not listening to audio. It's not an audio book, right? Right. It's hard for some of us. Uh, I know. Military I know. Guys, so. I, 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 I'm a, I'm it's hard for non-military guys. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, so I mean, basically, what that does, and I think this all goes back to when we hunt or fish or do anything in the outdoors that requires concentration and diligence and endurance. You know, that has uh, uh, that plays a role in the fact that of, of being being hardcore, you know, and having that mindset to go out there and get it done. Exactly, does that make sense, guys? Yeah, absolutely. So I know we kind of chatted with this a little bit. So I haven't had meat in five days. So you're really hardcore, man. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, not really hardcore. So I did this uh, a, a number of years back. Um, I ran through the idea that if I didn't kill it, I didn't eat it. Right. Uh, industry meat is it's it's never sit well with me. Uh, I'm not a huge. This is I don't know how this is going to go over. I'm not a huge animal rights guy. That's okay. Um, that, you're safe here. So, it's a safe space. You're nice. Safe. You have a safe space here. That's right. That's right. So, I, so I, as a someone who raises cattle, uh, I have my own chickens. I have Longhorn. I have Jerseys. I've always had critters. Uh, so my grandparents owned a meat market in Houston. That's where I was raised. There were cool. never misconceptions about where meat came from for me. Lucky man. That's yeah, cool. it was awesome. And I, that's where that's where our magazine's based too. Is Houston? Just oh, right on. So this was B and W Meat Market. Yeah. So this okay. was off Shepherd. It was a cool. fantastic meat market. So there was never an issue of being confused about the idea that meat wasn't a living animal at some right. point. It wasn't. It didn't come in a package. I knew it was an animal. Right. Um, Styrofoam. <laughs> as an yeah, as an adult, uh, I I really. This is going to sound horrible, but the movie Babe, yes. the, the pig, yes. uh, I, I just, the, the farmer had this whole thing that he did, this PSA about pigs, and I was like, oh my god, this industry sucks. Yeah. And believe me, I've killed many, many pigs. Sure. So, I, I just looked at it as a, is this something that I want to put in my body? Right. Um, not even a, it was an immoral aspect, it was, this is just filthy meat. So, looking at how the industry was dirty, uh, I, I took it upon myself to only eat what I shot. And I did that for a few years, and I had a lot of meatless months. Sure. So, you know, I lived here in Cedar Park, and I took to shooting squirrels out of the window of my bathroom. With into my garden. No, with, it, with a bow. With a bow. Okay, with a bow. Cool. So, yeah. taking them out in the garden, that's how I was getting my protein for a little bit. <laughs> and uh, 
Look, I had a couple of couple of seasons where I didn't get any deer down in South Texas. So yeah. didn't have meat in the freezer. So I, I made do with what I could. Uh, I'm doing it again. Luckily now I have a ranch, so I'm capable of going out and harvesting my own meat. Been looking at some gorgeous deer, so as soon as bow season comes, I'm going out. That's cool. But I've got a lot of hogs moving around, a lot of rabbit moving around, a lot of squirrels moving around, so I don't feel bad about it. I just have a time to get out. Well, and this is the time of year that I usually talk about two things, uh, budget hunting or hunting on a budget, yeah. and also um, preparation for hunting season, which which in a way, it's always been about the gear for me because I'm more of a gearhead, but for me, the more I look at it this year going into it, it's more about the mental preparation and it's more about the physical preparation. Absolutely. Because uh, I was going to bring up the backcountry hunters and anglers, and I know Jeremy Beeston was on the show not long ago. Uh, he's one of the guys that did a hike to hunt, which is basically a fundraiser that they uh, that they go through and do a, a hiking uh, uh, excursion and then raise money for conservation at the same time. I believe which that's is awesome. Yeah, this yeah. looks awesome. Yeah. So um, you know, just the whole side of of the fitness side of what he's doing with the conservation group is really inspiring to me uh, as far as things that, that, that can go forward to uh, to helping our, our whole hunting community and our, Absolutely. Our, our fishing and everything else out there that, that relies on outdoorsmen. So, And this is one of the things that I, uh, I mean, thanks for like introducing this to me, by the way. This is sure. awesome. Yeah, it's a great um, organization. So being a Texan, there's not a whole lot of public land hunts here. Right. So it's mostly 3% private. maybe. 3% it's mostly private. Yeah, it's mostly and private. Yeah. Looking at the cost, so as a not wealthy guy, um, looking at the cost of going to hunt, sometimes it's prohibitive. It is. So and it's getting if, worse every day. I mean, every you, year the leases are going higher. Which is horrible. Yeah. So looking at way. buying a tag in a different state sometimes mm -hmm. is the best option. So I have a friend who just got transferred. Uh, he's Arizona. He just got transferred. Um, he's in the Army. And I want to go elk hunting with him. Now, I love this guy to death. He's a little overweight. He wants to go elk hunting, but there's no way he's packing this thing out. Right. So I talked to him, let him know, give him some tips. We'd talk it out. We'd work it out. And I want to go hunt. I said, I will pack your critter out. Just split some meat with me. Sure. So I'm looking at doing some of these backcountry hunts. I yeah. mean, there's guys like Cameron Hanks. Yeah. This is what he does. And, I was, I was and moving too. into these areas, you find great animals. And the experiences you have by being able to walk eight miles out bag your animal and pack him eight miles back back in it's it's an experience that not a lot of people get to have I agree. and having that level of endurance is something that most texans don't really consider because we do we have polarises we have family land there's usually trucks. small tracks we got a lot of trucks <laughs> yeah. so i have kind of ditched all of that and just you know even though i only have you know 100 acres to to move around on i'm doing it all by foot you know, if I shoot something, I'm not taking the players out and picking it up. I'm going to walk it out. Wow. It's, it's one of those things that the experience of doing it, whenever I cook this animal and eat it, that whole experience comes back. It's, it's almost like you have the experience of the endurance and the trial and the effort to get it. But it's, it's visceral. Also, it's all, that's where I was going with this. Visceral and spiritual. And Absolutely. Because it is, it is the soul of that animal that you are enjoying, and, and, and basically it's life that it gave for you, and it's basically the, what makes us human, you know? And vegetarians Absolutely. and people that, I'm not saying anything about vegetarians or, or anti-hunters or anything like that, but they don't understand it to that level like we do. They don't get to have the experience that we do, for sure. Right. And spirituality, like you hit on it, that's, that really is a religious experience for me. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, to go out and watch an animal, I've watched some for years to watch them mature 
and then be able to harvest them. It, I'm not ashamed to say that I've cried with a couple of them. Oh, it's I been have amazing. Too. I have too. Absolutely. It has been absolutely I'm amazing. I'm glad we both shared this on this podcast because <laughs> I, I think that is okay to say. It's been amazing to go up and it feel this animal that I've watched. Oh, yeah. I, it's I, a, I love that it. much of a beautiful experience. And I'm not going to lie, the ribs have been great. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that the too. Yeah, the ribs have been fantastic. The ribs there's are that delicious. too. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it really is um, an amazing experience that I would. It, I, I would love it if everybody could have it at least once. Sure. I really would. And looking at some of these organizations that promote the health and wellness of it, yes. I think picks up a whole other group of people that don't think about it. It does. That's my whole point with, with even the recording this show is because I'm just like, what about people that may go to the gym but they may not have thought about hunting that may listen to this? Or people that hunt but have never thought about going to the gym? I mean, there are a lot of people that are outdoorsmen that just don't do anything for fitness. Right. Except for fitting this whole pizza in my mouth. <laughs> you know, the fitness. You know, I, 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 here, but I was thinking about that all day, and I'm like, I'm going to pull this out and see what these guys say. Oh, it works. Anyway, but no, the fitness, your old pizza in your mouth. Well, so, no. like, so what Gabe's doing with the paleo, the paleo yeah. movement is it's huge. It is. So the idea that, you know, God bless CrossFit on a certain level. So, if, not a CrossFitter. Yeah. However, Dave's not either. No, yeah. no, no. How it's kind of culty, but you we know, like the, form and the thing is, is that it has brought a lot of people to fitness, and I'm okay with that. But the more the dietary, it's it's paleo is fantastic. Okay. Now it's fantastic if you research it. Absolutely. You, know, you can do it the wrong way quick. On one diet, you can do it the wrong great. way quick. Right. That's now it. I'll eat a pizza. Like I will eat a pizza. I have nothing sure. wrong with eating pizza. Okay. Say, so I can't say pizza for seventy-five oh. days. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't even say pizza. Again. So, yeah. so introducing the the paleo, the caveman, getting more into sure. tribalism. That movement is starting. People are shedding off some of Western culture now. Looking at it and going, okay, well that's great. So how about you harvest your own animal? You know, this is you're going to eat meat. And you're going clean with it, so you're doing the GMO-free. You're, you're trying free, to grab. All that stuff, you're trying right. to get, you know, grass-fed, which I think is fantastic. Well, how about you take it a step further? And if you're looking at some of these guys that come into the gym, they're pumping weights all day, they're enjoying themselves, they're having a blast. It's like, all right, take it another step. You know, like you're doing these things now. You know, go harvest back. a critter. Yeah, not only harvest your own meat, but you know, you eat the bone marrow, make the broth. Uh, I mean, you can't. I would dog somebody right language, now. Buddy. If you're going to commit, yeah. you got to commit. So, 1, that's good, Gabe. Yeah. That's good. Bone broth is fantastic. Is. My wife makes the best bone broth in the universe. Wow. So we had a we had a bull that we slaughtered a couple of years ago. I'm not going to name the slaughterhouse. We had the slaughter. We what took it. The, bull? the bull's name was Steve. The bull had a name. I name them all. I name them all. So the bull's name was Steve because he liked apples. So at Steve Jobs, I named him Steve. They're now like porterhouse, tri-tip, refrigerator. But Steve, my wife was a little leery about eating Steve. So So, Steve ate apples. It would taste even better. He did. So so um, when I went in to have the bull slaughtered, you have to fill out your you know your form. Right. And I told them I wanted all the bones back. And they said, well, we'll give you some soup bones. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want, I want soup it. bones. I want all the bones, all the bones back. back. What yeah. do you want those for? What do you care what I want them for? First of all, it's my animal. I want them for bone broth. Like, it, I want the skeleton back. As much of the bone I can get, because that is so rich in nutrients, it is unreal. Yeah, and the amount so of broth you can make out of these things, you can have a cup of bone broth in the morning. It's like having a cup of tea, except better. Yeah. 
I've never even thought about that. The health benefits are amazing. So it's like wow. cooking a soup, basically. Um, I can put put anything up on the recipes we make. I'll do it out of rabbit. So we'll rabbit the chickens we have. We make bone broth out of everything. It's it is nutrient dense. But like like you said, it's got to be grass fed because if not, you'll get all the other all the junk, yeah, all the junk and everything else. Absolutely, you don't want it, yeah. And then it won't be. It's kind of like if you catch the animal before it goes to the feedlot for sale, then right, right. then you're getting a real animal. But if you catch it after it's been to the feedlot, it's been injected and whatever. Well, it's not even that. It's what they're trying to fatten it up with. Feed, feed, feed. All the nutrients are gone. Yep. So you really can't. Right. No, as, I've, we've enjoyed wholesome. bone broth now. So I, my wife turned me on to bone broth. She's a total hippie. So she's turned me on to bone broth. That's why I love her. I, you got to have that yin and yang, man. That's so, so cool. So she turned me on to bone broth. And then when I started harvesting animals, she started making it. She immediately clicked on to hunting. I took her on a turkey hunt, which I thought was like, oh, yes. Sure. So made the right choice. So she hasn't shot her own animal. She's a much better shot than I am. We've talked about this with... Yeah. With your wife. My wife cannot shoot me. She's a, I'm like, Taylor, yeah. baby, I can eat meat all the time if you just go hunting. I wouldn't have this five days no meat if you just go hunting. <laughs> you just so, just so I, uh, yeah, harvesting the entire animal. I'm, I'm really big on eating but, organ meat. You know, just like the bone broth, if you can't harvest it and get it yourself, you can buy it online, the powder that you can mix. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the link. That way you can put it on your... Well, there's farmers stuff. markets everywhere as well. Yeah. I mean, we're in Austin. There's farmers markets everywhere. But yeah. So we have the, the availability. Hard, I mean, they, they the bone's a little more of a challenge. There's actually a couple of uh, the guys down here that you can get them. Right. Um, I forgot the name of the the meat the meat guys. I forgot their name now. Oh. You can request whatever you want from them. They have no issues giving you bones. That's cool. Um, they're they're super cool. Uh, really I think cool. they use a uh, and M to slaughter their animals. Okay. Um, so it's, it's kind of neat that students get to do it as well. So yeah. ethical ethical slaughter, if anyone's got an issue with that, they're great. Um, right. the, the meat's fantastic. It's all grass-fed. It's all hormone-free. They're yeah. really cool people. God, I wish I could remember their name. It's okay. Yeah. Maybe you tell me after. Yeah, right on. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> it's a nice thing, Gabe, about podcasting is show notes. You got show notes. You can always put things in show notes. Oh, yeah. Anyway. That'll be fun. Um, <laughs> also, listeners, one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast at the gym is Gabe and Taylor Azua, the owners of this gym, are, uh, are starting a podcast uh, for the Hero Way Strength 360 podcast, which will be on iTunes soon. Um, and that's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fitness, a lot of uh, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, business, all that stuff. So yeah, this we, is kind we, of a dry we, run in here on this podcasting equipment. So. Yeah, we want to interview all the self-made entrepreneurs. Uh, Really self-made, not True like the link I sent you. Yeah, that was <laughs> um, people who are in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to put on a show in our in our podcast. You can come in and really tell us Be real. what's really going on and right. what struggles other people are going to go through right. to get there. But that's, that's solid. It's going to be awesome. That's you know? good. So I've been kind of helping them as the podcast guy, you know, with with getting this stuff, um, you know, the, the hardware and the software and all that other He's stuff. He's done right everything. Now. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I just, I love this stuff. You know, podcast is one of my favorite mediums. So, um, and, and overall, I mean, can you, Eric, in your summations, get, we like to talk about things in the show, like your favorite, your best hunting memory. I know right. you started later in life. I yeah. started uh, in my early 20s, and I got real serious about it in my mid-20s, and then I started working for a magazine in my 30s, and now I'm 40. Um, so, uh, we're not that far apart in age. Right. Um, but... Any hunt, fun hunting memories for you? I have a ton of them. Um, so, 
I used to have access to 500 acres down in South Texas. Right. So I have pretty much every experience I had had its own own neat thing about sure, it. Sure. Sure. Um, good ones and bad ones. Uh, so dragging out Stumpy, who was a deer that I watched for about four years. Oh. Wow. So there was Stumpy, Tall Boy, and Jake. Now I don't know if you ever watched Pretty in Pink. I um, think I, I've watched. So part Jake, of it. Jake was was that Pretty in Pink or Breakfast? No, that was Pretty in Pink. What movie was that? It was one of the John Hughes Chick films. Flicks. Jake was <laughs> like the stud. So I named this deer Jake. So I watched these animals for about four years. I saw Jake for about forty-five seconds over the course of four years. His his little brother Stumpy was a barrel, just a yeah. barrel of a of a buck. Big deer. And uh, I had a morning where I went out and um, I forgot the seat for my tripod, so I had a little tripod set up in this nice little, little, it was a little cut where yeah. some critters moved through. Um, I've, I've never, until recently, I've never used cameras. I've just kind of tracked them around for a few days and sure. then stalked them and then hunted them. And uh, I forgot to seat the tripod, so I had to stand in it. So I was out there at 5 a.m. It was 30 degrees and I'm standing up in this tripod shivering uh, for about three hours before anything came out. Little hog came out. I'm thinking to myself, this is it, I'm done. I'm, I'm sure. done here. So I shot the hog. Hog goes down. I stood there for a minute. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hang out for a little bit longer. And just see. And just see. Yeah, sure. We've 15 minutes that. later, Stumpy comes trotting right out at me. So this animal comes up. I'm like, I, I couldn't believe it. Right. You're, you're kidding. Me. Right. Yeah, right. Honestly. I must have spooked him somewhere. He couldn't tell because it was a little draw. Couldn't tell where the shot came from. Right. So he was booking it. He's coming through. Nailed him. He runs through. I hear him crash in the woods behind me. Two animals down. Two animals down. So... I climb out of the tripod, uh, I walk out in the woods, I find him, he made it about 55 yards in the woods, and he's way bigger than I thought he was. So, solid eight point, didn't get him measured, but I, I mean, the rack was, it was thick. Yeah. Eight point, A lot but, of mass. but very, very thick. So, I mean, his brow tines were eight inches. Sure. Big guy. So, I start pulling him out, I have no idea for reference, because I've been shooting 120 pound deer. Sure. No reference how heavy this guy is, but he was heavy. Like wow. a, it's like a damn horse. So I drag him out. <laughs> I manage to, to you know, kind of sling him over my shoulders, and I've got to walk him back to camp to clean him up. I'm there by myself. So it took me an hour and a half to get him out. Right. So I walk him back. I'm completely exhausted. I go back, and I get the hog, and I walk the hog back. Now, I get the hog back, and even though it's cold. Yeah. I get fleas on me. Sure. They're in my beard. Sure. I know you guys can't see it, but I got a beard. Yeah. I got fleas in my beard, so I strip down. I string this animal up, so I string Stumpy up. I get him cleaned up, and he he looks like a damn horse. Huge. Huge. He's so I don't know. Mass. I don't know if maybe one of the genetic critters got out from a high fence somewhere because there's no way this was yeah. a natural animal. Was, there's no great. way. He was he was huge. And dance-wise. So I get him up here. Um, I was using Hudson's uh, South Congress sure. um, awesome. to clean yeah. at the time. So I brought him in, put him down. The guy comes out and goes, where'd you shoot the damn horse? I'm like, see? See? So, so horse. Wow. he was huge. So nice. that is the only buck that I have mounted on my wall. Okay. The only one. Uh, I'm a skull guy, so sure, like this is amounts. yeah. This was an animal that when I got him back to camp, I cried. Wow! I cried with this animal. So watching him go from just a little a little yearling all the way up to this barrel of an animal, 
Wow. Just this heavy beast. I mean, he was a stud. He was an, an amazing animal. It, it really was. Every time I sat down to cook part of him, it was almost a religious experience sure. every single time. And I stretched him out. Yeah. So I probably harvested three, three, four. I think I got four that year. That was my limit in that county. It was uh -huh. Beeville. So, two and two? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. bucks, two yep. does. Yeah, okay. so, so I was able to to tag out and I made him stretch the entire year. Cool. I, I don't it know was, if he, it was a, it was an experience for you. It was amazing. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And that's really what hunting is all about is it's not just the meat that we eat, it's the experience and, and I always say it on this show communing with nature. And that makes that's sound a little is. a little, you know, weird. It's church, man. It, it's, you know, the, there's a guy Adam J that does a song uh, I love fishing on our on one of our other shows. Uh, he has a uh, a song that you just came out with called The Ocean Is My Church, you know? And right? I'm just like that. I totally the get it. The woods are my church, yeah. dude. I mean, I get, it's all, you know, it's all encompassing. It's all the, 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 the you know, the, the, the enormity of it all. It's Absolutely. Amazing. The way it all works. But the way that, that hunting works and, and fishing works, that you, you, you could remove yourself from it and it would continue. But it does not need us, but we, we do are, are there to conserve and help. We need it. We need it, but I mean, it's just one of those things, and, and something has to die for you to live. It could be a plant, or it could be an animal. Life feeds on life. That's how it That's works. That's just the way it works. Right. So, I mean, the, the, the people that are kind of against it, I'm just like, man, I don't see that. I mean, it, yeah. So, I've anyway. had this conversation with some of my, my vegan friends, and... Uh, They're not your friends. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the thing, is these, these guys have, have gotten a hold of me about these animals. Like, you know what? I know way more about these animals than you do. I understand these animals sure. way more than you sure. do, and I guarantee you I respect these animals way more than you do. The fact that that I eat them, the fact that I harvest them, sure. um, that's a, a very personal experience for me every single time. And it is a it connection is between me and the animal that I just don't think that these, these people can understand. Yeah. And... I don't get offended. I don't get upset when, you know, I, I get a lot of criticism for it from some of these people. I, it's, you know, what? that's fine. That's your choice. That's fine if that's what you want to do. But you advocate saving an animal that you don't really know anything about. Right. Or what happens to it. Because what happens if we don't hunt them? They starve in a lot of cases. It's brutal. It's brutal. It's Nature brutal. is its own brutal force, yeah. you know. Yeah. And people don't realize that until... They, they, they're just about, oh, would, would you like to be a shot? You know, would you like to get an arrow in your side? In the grand person? scheme of things, maybe. Maybe so. <laughs> maybe. So Versus that's... being beat up by a Krav Maga guy. Well, you know. <laughs> you awesome. know. So that's... And that is really one of the... One of the cool things about it is... Uh, I get to be part of watching this animal live its life, and then its life is over. Yep. It's not suffering. It was living its life as a happy animal, and boom, it's over. Versus the suffering they could have through either starvation, through some type of disease, through predation. I mean, there is a lot of predation. And if anybody's watched Nat, Nat Geo, like, when you watch one of these animals go down, they go down hard. They gotta uh, eat, too, you know. They I mean, go the down hard. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a real good point. That's a solid point, because... And that's the thing that people don't, you know, connect that with. But we are interacting with that food chain. Absolutely, you know, we're and, part of as, it as hunters, and so that's why I think being in good physical shape and having that whole uh, mindset of mental toughness and everything like that is just being the ultimate predator in a way, as as we are. 
from a visceral level as a human. Right. You know, and I mean that that goes into a real deep spiritual level for me because it's all about, you know, how where is my place in this and what is my place once I'm gone right will the generations after me take over this and that's one thing why you know backcountry hunters and anglers and other organizations SCI DSC I mean all these other you know organizations exist is to conserve this resource we're for the stewards future. that's what we are we're stewards and we should be and that's one thing Texas Fishing Game is really big about, guys, is, uh, is, is conservation. And, I mean, if you read Chester Moore's column or any of the other stuff that we do at the magazine, I mean, it's constantly about preserving the nature, preserving the, 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 the hunting rights, you know, all that stuff. Because the thing that I've had the problem with in hunting lately is that it's gotten so darn expensive. It gets yep. ridiculously, you know, yep. it, gets, it gets cost prohibitive to do anything, like you were talking about earlier. It is. Um... So that's, somebody asked me earlier in here, and I can't remember who it was, it might have been Lillian. Um, so asked me if I needed tags to hunt on my own property. Right. And uh, Lillian and I have talked about hunting a lot. Actually. And I said, yeah, yeah, you do need tags to hunt. And even if you didn't need tags to hunt, I would buy tags to hunt. Sure. I'm putting money into something that I believe in. Yes. So you're gonna get taxed no matter what, right? That's just how things work. Correct. I would like to throw money into something that I believe in. And one of my hopes is that we can put money into conservation. We can open up more public land so that more people can hunt. Yes. Um, Texas is one of those weird spots uh, where it is, there's a lot of private. But uh, talking to some of the biologists, talking to some of the people from Texas Parks and Wildlife, more public land's getting opened. Right. Um, people are selling off tracts of their land for public use. And if we can go in and maintain it and make sure that we're bringing in natural... Uh, natural wildlife, natural the, the flora, fauna, making sure we maintain right. it, Right. people can enjoy it. And you don't even have to be a hunter to enjoy it. Um, yeah. Hunters can enjoy it. So Balcones Nature Reserve, it's right down the road from here. Yeah. You can go out and go for a run, you can go out there and go for a walk, and you can see things that you're not going to see anywhere else. It's right. amazing. Yep. You, need to, you need to be in shape to walk it. Yes. It's hot, and it's a long walk, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of hills, it's up and down. You're going to see things you couldn't see otherwise. Right. There's parts it's of Texas that they're not accessible unless unless you walk it. You are physically fit. I just I think so many times we get so lazy in our in our conveniences of today. Absolutely. Of right. our Polaris Ranger, our side by side, or ATV, you or turn whatever. Turn on the television. Turn on the television. Online. You can live vicariously through somebody right. that's hunting. You know, that's right. making yeah. the eight mile hike or whatever. But getting out there and doing it, guys, this is what I talk about to my listeners of the show all the time. Getting out there and actually doing it is. What it's all, I mean, it's really, it's worth it, is what I'm saying. It flows, I've been, it flows into other aspects of yes, your life. That's yes, the does. beauty of it, is once you have these, these accomplishments, you start building up the confidence that flows over into every aspect of your life. Even right. your exactly. work performance is better. Yes. Um, you're you have the, You have the confidence to ask for the raise you didn't before. It, right. There's a lot of things that change once you get out. Right. It's, it's really neat to, to watch the change in, like, I was a, a late hunter. Right. So introducing some of my friends to hunting and taking them out, watching the changes in them, it's been fantastic. The sure. same thing with Krav Maga, the same thing with lifting weights, the same thing with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Watching people develop and get these small wins that they can take into other aspects of their life. Yes. It's why we do what we do. So self-defense and, and, and tactical and all that other stuff, but self-improvement is really what That's really all it is. It kind of goes back to what I... I, I quote, you know, success guys in the show every once in a while, but Bob, Bob Proctor or no, it was Jim Rohn. He said, um, you know, not Jim Rohn, the sports guy, but Jim Rohn, the motivational guy. Anyway, 
He said, it's not what you become, but who you become in the process of what you become. That's And I think that sums up what fitness is yeah. for me, because it's helped me get sharper up here in my head, but also it's helped me, you know, you know, feel better and right. just feel more, have more energy and be more vibrant and be more, my, my sense of well-being and everything is just, is just hardcore now, you know, that, and I celebrated a year at the gym here. You know? That's awesome, just, man. I just, That's me, awesome. Kind of great. I mean, I stuck with it. You did. You did. So we I see mean, you every day, just about. So that's. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm asking. So are you pushing though. yourself, or other people pushing you in here? I, I'm pushing myself. Right on. I'm very self motivated. Right on. You know, I, if you saw all the stuff that I do, I mean, it's most people are like that. <laughs> the first time somebody asked me what I do in the outdoor industry, this is back in like 2013. Uh, somebody asked me, uh, you know, I was uh, part of the Hunting Channel online. I, you know, a podcast. I, you know, all this other stuff, and they were like, "This guy's full of crap." There's no way he does all that stuff. He went online, looked you up, does some and all that stuff, and he was like, holy crap. <laughs> anyway, but nothing to toot my own horn. I just think it's, uh, I just think it's, uh, it all goes to help the greater good yeah. if you take care of yourself, yeah. if, you, if you mentally, you know, toughen yourself, if you, um, you know, invest in yourself at the gym, you know, uh, through hike to hunt and programs like that and those kind of things. I think it's very You got to get the experience, you know. It's, yes. Um, just like hunting, you know, it gives you challenges that a lot of people don't know. Right. But once you get that challenge, a lot of other things in life are going to be a lot easier. Right, exactly. There's a good quote, since we are on a coach just a minute ago, by Bud Brucemann. Yeah. Uh, he's the owner of Speed Channel and several other channels, probably right. the hunting channel, I'm not sure. But um, he says, one of his quotes is, uh, don't follow your dreams. Hunt them down until you get them. <laughs> ah, that's good. That's good. Imagine if you've never been hunting at all before. Right. Yeah. And you don't know what that concept right. is. So difficult. It's, it's like it so stops you a lot. To that, stuff. there's failure. There's exactly. a lot of failure. There's yeah. a ton of failure in everything we do. Yeah. So that failure is growth. Yeah. I know there's what Tim Kennedy says, you know, fail often. He's, I can't quote the guy. He's got so many damn sayings. But... The thing is, is that you, you want to fail a lot. And I can't tell you how many failures I've had through all of my training. Right. I mean, I failed miserably tonight in jiu-jitsu. And that seems to be like a norm for me at this point. I'm just getting strangled nonstop, which is fantastic. I dig it. Maybe I'm, you know, a mascus. I don't know. <laughs> but but I've, I've failed a lot. And through those failures, I've, I've always looked at them as a way to grow. Right. And... Right. Yeah. I've failed in my hunts. I failed in my workouts. But I've never let the failure stop me. I've always used it for fuel. Sure. And then once I get that success, that failure just doesn't seem like anything. It's a complete, it just fades off. It's like, right. oh yeah, whatever. So I know I'm going to fail again, but it's right. going to be a small failure. I'm going to have a bigger growth. Everything's a it, lot smaller from there. It's just. Absolutely. It's been, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And. I told you in the beginning of the show that I've been hunting since Iraq, but my wife reminded me that that is not true. Okay. She texted me that I went hunting on my wedding day and almost missed my wedding. Oh my God. So, Did you really? I got stuck. So, oh wow. I got to the wedding 45 minutes ahead of time. And oh, I'll go hunt, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. I was taking my dad. But yeah. either way, great story. We got married on a ranch, on her dad's ranch. Right. And 45 minutes before the wedding, we were cleaning a deer on a bucket of a tractor. <laughs> so outside my wedding the, seems lame now, Outside of the man. wedding venue. <laughs> That's great. And people were walking up like, is that what we're eating? And then we were like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Freshly cured beer for the reception. Yeah, right? Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. 
So that was my hunting story. That's a great good memory. Experience, yeah. She had to remind me that you know that Rolodex went off. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Well, thank you guys so much for for any final thoughts that y'all want to say before we get out of here. Every hunter out there should pick up some form of exercise right now, and I mean every single one of you. That wow. means if you're an 85 year old hunter, sure. go on a walk. Just go on a walk. Right. If you're in your 30s, you have no excuse. Yeah. Hump it. Get out and hump. Yep. Plan a trip to Montana in the future sure. that you know you're going to have to hike. You know you're going to have to walk. Get out and move, man. Get out and be part of nature other than just that short three, four hours you get out and sit in your stand. Get out and move. We well, don't all get to stalk hunt. Some of us only get to blind hunt, stand hunt. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Walk out to it. Yeah. Don't drive out to Don't it. Drive walk out, out to it. it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Harvest the animal. Quarter it and walk it out. And carry it. Pack walk it out, it out man. It out. Do small things. Get out and enjoy the fact that you are a predator. You are a wild animal. Be one. That's what we are. Enjoy it. Sure. That's awesome. That's great. Final exactly. thought. I love it. Dave, what do you have to say? Anything Just else? get active. Um, for hunting, I mean, you know, your awareness has got to be keen, so... You know, take part in some kind of self-defense class. Sure. You know, get in there and learn how to be aware of your surroundings or, you know, how to maneuver your weapon a lot better. You know, whichever, whichever one hits you the best. And uh, here we have Krav Maga, we have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Fada Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which we're one of the only gyms that I know of that has. The only. The only uh, in, in America, US. okay, yeah. in the U.S. And then, um, and then what else? Tactical Farms Tactical training. Farms training. Yeah, all which I'm looking forward to. All police officers. I'm looking forward to it. Uh... Remember, I mean, we hire the best of the best here. Sure. So these guys are very vet, well vetted. They know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. Um, you'll get 100 years of experience behind the, behind the sure. weapon sure. You know, when you're getting taught. It's not just a guy that passed certification course. And, no, I'm a teacher. That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. not, not that, you know. Well, it's just you hear on the news and you hear on YouTube and places like that, places of these guys that were like these awesome instructors, but they really weren't even Navy SEALs. They were really not even the Army to begin right. with or in the Navy to begin yeah. with. And it's just like, where are the real people at? You know, y'all hire real people here that have actually been through, you know, real experience. Yeah, we hire, We also have boxing, but like I tell everybody, we don't hire anybody that hasn't been punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and smiled about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was, yeah, that was an experience. Yeah, that's right. That's you got to right. know how to that's right. past it, you know. So. And the other one I was going to tell you before we close out the show, another one for your laptop, uh, Eric, Skullhooker, skullhooker.com. They will be a sponsor on this podcast later okay. this year, okay? And I'm, I'm actually dedicating a whole podcast to um, actual um, European oh, mounts. awesome. Dude, they make these European mounts that's, that you can turn. Dude. They make table-side ones, or they make wall-mounted ones, in the wall, and then they make a trophy tree, which you can put in the corner, and you can actually turn left or right, and actually oh really does. Oh, my does. God. Look Isn't that. that cool, dude? I mean, it, oh, I love that stuff. So, no, I this mean, is awesome. Yeah, I figured you, that would be Because so, you're a skull guy. You just told me you were a skull guy. I will be sending these guys my 10-point. Did, did I show you the 10-point? I'm going to send them this guy. Yeah, well, no, you can. It, it's just a mounting bracket. You don't have. It's just to, the bracket, just so the I bracket. get to clean it you up. You get to clean it out and do everything. So, and then that's even better. You get, you get to have, or, or you can pay somebody to do it. No, 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 no. I love doing it. I'll do it for you. But, but this, they provide the bracket, the metal, and everything else for it. Dude, so that's awesome. It looks great. I mean, it looks great. Let me see what you're looking at here. 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. No, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. So, I mean, it's just beautiful. And the thing is, on the wall mounts, a lot of times you can move them left to the right or whatever, and you can showcase the better side of it or whatever. I mean, awesome. yeah, the hogs, or the, yeah, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. yeah. It's really cool. So, anyway, I had to show cool. you the website. No, I love it. I love this. So, this is great. But All right, thank you guys so much for watching, reading, and listening. Have an awesome day in the outdoors. We'll see you next time.